while you remain standing, open your Bibles, please, to the book of Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter number 32. Genesis chapter number 32. We'll begin reading at verse number 24. Genesis 32, and we'll begin reading at verse number 24. I'll read out loud. You read silently along with me, but we will read this together, as is our custom here at the Anchor Baptist Church. Genesis 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he, and, and he said, And he said, and, Oh, and he said, Jacob, verse 28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Now we don't know what happened after that. It didn't go on with the conversation right there, I'm sorry. Verse 30, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. And I have seen the face of God, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. I want you to look at verse number 26. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. One other verse, verse number 30. In verse 30, he says this, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. And I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. I want to talk to you about this subject tonight. I must see God again. Father, thank you for the Bible and all that you've done for us. Lord, help me tonight to help the people. What a wonderful week we've had. I'm always amazed that sometimes when we're doing everything that's right and we're totally worn out, how good we can still feel about ourselves. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless tonight. Thank you for those that are watching live stream or those that are trying to tune in on YouTube or whatever the case may be. I hope this is a blessing to them, and I hope that they're strengthened because of it. Lord, help the dear people that are here. This is all I've got to preach to right now are these people, and so I pray for them. Watch over those that are traveling. Lord, thank you so much for friends across this globe that are traveling. Some are hurting. Some are doing well. Some are advancing. We all have things we need to do in this world. So I pray, dear Lord, at the very least, we will not leave you out of the picture. That's for sure. Help us, please, tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
Somewhere beyond the grave There is a land Where Jesus went to prepare By his own hand And for the saved by grace there is a resting place and in a few more days it will be mine some call it Some call it dreaming, then let me dream on. Some call it heaven, somewhere beyond the skies, I call it heaven. Call it home. Someone said you can't go back home again, for things will not ever be as good as they've been. But I've got good news for you. When heaven comes into view, one glimpse and you'll know the best is yet to come. Some call it heaven. Some call it paradise, somewhere beyond the skies, some call it heaven, I call it home.
nothing going to, there you go. You, you got your ears plugged up. That's on you. Genesis chapter number 32, please, if you're not already there. Genesis chapter number 32. Some, something's not right. I, I don't hear myself like I normally do. No, not you. I don't hear myself like I normally do. You say, I do. I don't hear. Come on. It's not loud enough. Genesis chapter number 32, verse number 24 through 32. Our text verse, verse 26 and verse number 30. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Look at verse 30 right there in the middle. It said, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Jacob is not a wicked man. We, we sometimes talk about him like he's the most wicked person that ever lived. He's not. Actually, at this time in his life, he's doing a lot of things that are right. He is rebuilding his family. He's building a business, if you would. That's the way they used to do things in those days. He was actually headed home to make some things right that he had hurt people, messed some things up, jumped the time of Christ, the time of God that he had planned for him and rushed things through. And now we come to find out that he's trying his best to make everything turn out the way that it should be. And it sure looks to me, if you look at the story right now, that Jacob is finally getting some things together. He's finally getting his life together. You remember how he had to run off, how he cheated his brother, how his mom, the whole family's in a turmoil. Now he's going back. His business has been growing. His family's been growing. He's going back to make things right. That's always a good thing. And so sometimes uh, something, though, seems to be missing in Jacob's life. Here's where I want you to key in. Jacob's life had had encounters with God before. When you read his story, he's going back, and you know he's getting ready to go to Bethel, and we come to find out this, that's not his first contact with God by a long shot. We come to find out that Jacob had promised to live for God before. Listen to me now. Jacob had listened, had, had promised to live for God before. Jacob's prayers from time to time had been answered by God. So this is nothing new, what we're getting ready to face right here. Jacob was even tithing his money. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but it was. Yet, he's still not as serious as he should be in serving God. Something's wrong. Jacob still relied way too much on himself while he's heading in the right direction. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. Jacob still relies way too much on himself as he's serving and getting ready to go and get closer to God. Jacob still leaned upon his own understanding. We know this if you know anything about Jacob's life at all. When others looked at him, basically they still saw the same old Jacob. They didn't see Israel. They didn't see a prince with God. They still saw Jacob, a man who was a trickster, a man who plotted his own path, a man who did what he understood was right. These are the kinds of things going on in his life. Yet he's heading in the right direction, getting ready to go make things right with his family. The episode before us here in Genesis chapter 32 that God brought him to was nothing more than Jacob's opportunity to get some things changed in his life. Please listen to me today. Just going through the motions in his life, that's what Jacob had been doing. A lot of people tend to do that, don't we? He did not know God in any real personal, intimate way. Jacob did not know that the way that he should because his heart was not in the service of God. 
He was heading back right. He was doing things right. He was building things right. But his heart was not in serving the God, God at all. Maybe this is you. Maybe this is me. I don't think anybody can really tell. Maybe that's what you're telling yourself. But I know my heart is not in tune with God. I don't think anybody can tell. But you know. I know. I know about me. You know about you. Don't th- I don't think anybody can really tell. But I know my heart. I'm following God, but I have not really seen God for some time in a real way. What I do as a Christian... It's just my job. I come here and say, it's my job. I'm supposed to do that. That's my job. Listen to me carefully. That's my job. I'm not talking about what you do out in the world. I'm talking about what we do here. That's my job. That's my habit. It's just a habit in my life. That's what I do. That's what I go through. I I, I do it because it's the right thing to do. That sounds good, doesn't it? I do it because it's the right thing to do. Jacob was getting ready to go do the right thing. But he ran into God, and what he found out was his heart wasn't in this at all. As a pastor, saved over 50 years, counseling and working with people, now almost, I think, 34 years, I'm not mistaken. Far too many, it's been a long time since we've looked into the face of God and had to make decisions. We've been at this for a while, running through the motions doing what's right, doing it because it's our job, doing it because that's what's expected. We come to church because that's what we're supposed to do. We give our tithes because that's what we're supposed to do. We teach our Sunday school class because that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. But I fear way too many have gotten to the place we do not even notice the absence of God while we're doing good. Now I'm asking you to pray and think with me tonight. I fear that because of our business with job, Family and ministries, our hearts have grown cold. Let me say it again. I fear because of our busyness, our job, our ministries, our family, our hearts have grown cold. We must see God. That's what's what's missing in Jacob's life right here. We too easily make excuse and throw up dead works from the past as as a cover-up for a meaningful relationship with God. Well, I did this, and I went to college, and I learned this, and I used to this, and I used to that, and I used to this, and I used to be that, and I used to help here, and I used to, I used to, I used to, as though that is what we throw up to say, I'm okay with God. Many... Your life was reaching and witnessing to the lost. Remember? Giving all to obey God, hopefully just to keep a soul out of hell. That's all you really cared about. I'm talking to a soul winning church, used to be. A soul winning church. Giving all you got to obey God in hope that maybe one soul this week would get saved out of hell. It was that real to us. We had to do that. You caught a glimpse of God when you first got saved, and it changed your life forever. Even your relatives and your friends said, boy, you've really changed. And you were happy about that. You didn't feel bad about that at all. You felt great about that. I'm simply saying, I think what the problem is, it's been a while since we've had a good look at God in our life. You used to work all night long and still, still would get up and do your bus route. You would work all night long and still do your bus route. You would work till 2 or 3 in the morning and show up here and sleep later. But now we just have these excuses on why we can't. Back then, it was not just for show. 
but because you had a true longing to please your Savior. That was your motivation. Your motivation wasn't whether it was my job or not my job, whether it needs to be done or doesn't need to be done. It was, I want to do this for the Lord. I know it's right. That's what we used to do. Do you just go to say you went? Do you just go because it's your duty? Do you just go to salve your conscience? Make yourself feel better. When you were close to God, you lived to please Him. When you were close to God, you lived to please Him. Had nothing to do with job, duty, conscience. It had to do, God's pleased with it, I'm good to go. But you see, this was not your motivating factor, Was it was my job. But you prayed to God for him to fill up your bus ride. You prayed and said, God, please, i got to get those families on this. Remember when we used to do that? Remember when we used to act that way? You begged God to give you souls to win. You used to pray and ask God to help you to give you souls to win. It meant something to you. If you didn't win anybody in that week, it hurt you. It hurt you. It disturbed you. Cause you to feel very uneasy about what's going on in your life. What do I think the problem is? I think like Jacob here, we must see God again. It used to matter to you to be used of God here at Anchor. It wasn't we're done eating. Hurry, let's get out of here before we have to, we're asked to do something. You didn't used to be that way. You didn't used to be that way at all. You just wanted to please God so he would bless your life. That's all you cared about. Make any difference who stayed who left. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something for God today. That's all you cared about. You spent time on your Sunday school lesson. You remember that? Remember when you get a Sunday school lesson? I, I like it when somebody new is teaching Sunday school for the first time. I remember Brother Dan was telling me, he said, I've studied this thing for three years. I'm ready to teach. It, it's just, it made him nervous. You know, sometimes we can't stay that young Christian, but I wish sometimes we would keep some of those things that, that first moved us when we first got saved. You know why you studied that lesson so hard? Number one, you didn't want to mess up. Number two, you really thought God was going to use you to influence some people. Now we just throw something together and go on our way, and we wanted people to tell us how good we did. That didn't used to matter to us at all either. You really wanted to help those students. You prayed and depended upon God to do. You depended upon God to do. Not, not how cool you were, how much research you could do. And I'm all for that. But you leave God out of that. You leave your heart out of it. It is dead words falling on dead ears and it's not going to do anything. You visited and truly cared about those people. I said our business, our busyness, our family, our job, our ministry is taking up all of our time. We no longer, many of us, have a meaningful, true relationship with our God. What happened? No, no, you don't cuss, you don't fornicate, you don't, you don't steal and rob and smoke and do all those kinds of things. The fact of the matter is, most of us are where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Did you hear what I just said? Most of us are actually where we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to be doing. He said, then what's the problem? Heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine, yeah, not all your talent, all your mind, all your heart. 
Proverbs 16, 1. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from God. We must get our heart back in the service of what we do. We have to, that's going to make all the difference in the world. You're only going to be nice and polite for so long. And pretty soon you're going to lose your temper and start cutting heads off. Why? Because this is a spiritual work. And if we do not ask God to meet with us there, if we do not give him our heart in this ministry, you're going to call it quits because you cannot serve God without God being with you. It will not work that way. Proverbs 23, 12, apply thy heart to instruction. Does God want us to obey? Does God want us to follow instruction? Absolutely, absolutely. But he desires service from the heart. It sounds almost mystical, doesn't it? It sounds almost feminine, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's all about feeling. God even said, I want your heart involved. I want you, not just what you do. I want your heart. I want you to serve me because you love me. I want you to serve me because you're desperate to be with me. I want that in your ministry for me. That's what God wants for us. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw nigh to me with their mouth. That's right, right? And their lips, they do honor me. That's right. You ready? But have removed their heart far from me. The last thing God mentioned was the most important thing God said. He didn't say that them, them, them drawing near with their mouth was wrong. He said, no, they're doing that. And their lips, the things that they say, oh, no, they're saying the right things. God said the problem is, and all of that right, something was very wrong. What was very wrong about that? They no longer cared one way or another whether God's presence was there, whether they recognized him there. They did not matter because their heart was not. Folks, we can die sitting right here in the Anchor Baptist Church doing everything that's right, being where we're supposed to be. I'm not talking about all emotion. I'm talking about a real relationship with our Father in heaven. That's why you don't care about your bus route. That's why you don't care about your Sunday school. That's why we make flimsy excuses why we no longer can come to the Lord's house. We're looking for excuses not to be here. And you're telling me your heart is right with God. I could go on and go on with examples. Giving, giving tithes and offerings, that's the right thing to do. You know what God's after and all that? Your heart. God don't need your money. He just knows that your wallet's not in your back pocket. It's connected to your heart. And God said when you give, even when you give, it should come from your heart. The tithe is the Lord's, but you ought to give that from your heart. The offering is what you give, and that ought to come from your heart. Giving tithes and offerings regularly without heart is beginning to leave God out of the picture. Singing perfectly without one flaw in what you do. Giving a perfect heart. Where's our heart? We're sing the one we're singing about, our heart's not even centered on him. I long for that. I was in here one Saturday. Probably shouldn't tell you this. Uh, in here one Saturday, there's only a couple of people here, nobody else was, and I was singing that song about how long has it been. I couldn't believe it. I'm just standing up here. Uh, Andrew Commander was here. By the way, they made it to California. Uh, and then they fell off the earth. Um, I was just in here singing. I don't know who else was here. You, you were here. And uh, I, I couldn't get through it. I mean, I couldn't get through it. It just struck me that God, to hear from us. Almighty God, not just now I lay me down and say, okay, let's eat. No, no, listen to me. God wants to talk to you. God wants your heart centered upon him. 
God said, I want you to work for me, but please get your heart in gear. Get your heart engaged in all this stuff. Soul winning and even winning one or two. You, 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 sometimes we could honestly care less. How do I know that? Why didn't you follow up on them? Save them, mark a check, write something down on a piece of paper, drop it in a mailbox, I'm done. You didn't used to be that way. We, we, we did not used to be that way. We need to see God again. If you have recently looked by faith into the face of God, what becomes most important to you? Listen, listen to this, how fundamental this is. If you have done that, what becomes all of a sudden most important to you is the same things that were important to you when you first got saved. Prayer, Bible reading, telling others. Yes? You go to church. When we were childlike and didn't know any better, we just trusted the Father and did what people said he said to do. Go to church, read your Bible, pray. Right? Somebody said the other day, they still remember, I forget who that was, said they still remembered what I used to teach here a long time ago when they used to come to a good church. And they used to come here and they said, again, go to church, read your Bible, pray. And I said, hadn't changed a bit. Amen. Haven't changed a bit. It's amazing when we get right with God, one of the first things we want to start doing is prayer, read our Bible, go to church. So when you start skipping, guess what you're telling everybody? My heart's not in this anymore. It doesn't matter. Oh, I'll make it up later. Okay, I'm not reading my Bible. What is the big hairy deal? Just to go to show you how your own flesh hates you to read the Bible. You're dropping out like flies. And I didn't even ask that tonight. If you've been reading your Bible and you're all caught up, stand up. You're all caught up on your Bible reading. Stand up. This is becoming less and less. For the years out, I may be the only one standing. Except these guys will have to. Thank you. You can be seated. Folks, listen to me. It's not just reading your Bible. It's why it doesn't matter. That's a big problem. You say, I don't have time. You're busier than God ever intended. You're busier than God, and I, I think I made mention that already. What was most important when you got saved? Prayer? You remember, you didn't know how to pray. But you'd pray. Church, Bible reading, telling others about Jesus, and being a part of the Anchor Baptist Church. Preacher, if you need me, I'll do this. Preacher, if you need me, I'll do that. Do you need help over there tonight? Oh, no, no, I'll stick around. I, God bless your heart. We got a sweeper about that wide to sweep the whole place. So you're doing this all night long. One arm's that big around. Right? And she's up here in the hallway all by herself just sweeping. Nobody's around. Nobody's clapping for her. And you know what she said? I asked her, I said, thank you so much. Here's what she said. I enjoyed being. Do you remember when you used to enjoy school instead of making excuses on why you can't show up, why you can't join in, why there's no place for you, why you don't have a job here? It's not the church. It's your heart. It's been a long time since we've been in tune with God. So what is the problem? Our hearts are far from God. Why? Because we haven't seen him. There's no way you can look in the face of God and not enjoy what you're doing. In Genesis 32, 30, Jacob said, I've seen God face to face. It changed him, and everybody saw it too. It changed him. I preached on change this morning. A lot of people think you can hear preaching like this and preaching on the Bible, and basically you'll stay the same. You ain't right with God. There's no way in the world you're right with God. I beg people to come to the altar and get right, but you just don't think you have to. You don't think you need to. Would you ever understand a lot of Christian life, most of it is not about you at all. It's about others. It's about telling people they need to get close to God. It's about encouraging your preachers. It's about encouraging young Christians. 
It changed him and everybody noticed it. He now had power and influence with men and God. He never had that before. He never had that before. One night, one night is all it took to change everything in his life. And it began to change right away because he met God face to face. You used to have influence in other people's lives. You remember that? You actually believed with all your heart. God heard your prayers when you prayed. When you said, I'll pray about it, you, you didn't just say that to pacify people. You honestly believed God listened to you. Because your hearts were in it. You knew it. You just knew it. It's not because the Bible promised it. You knew it personally. God listens to me when I pray. I know that he will. Do you remember? Do you remember? With men and God, because you had just left God's presence, you knew you had influence in people's lives. You knew that. When you knocked on that door, it was not self-confidence. Yeah, I know how to argue with Catholics. That's not the way it used to be. Sometimes knowledge does nothing more than puff up. Yeah, I know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, I've done this for a long time. This is what I have to be careful of. Don't take this wrong. I am so, I hate to say this, good at what I do. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Don't, don't go there. I forget to pray. Lean on the Lord. Trust Him to lead and guide. I forget that. Okay, when you sing, when you play, when you play, it's so important that you pray that God will use you, the talent that he gave. When you're in that nursery, you're not down there wasting time. You're helping to raise God's little children somewhere and let them know people love you and you're protected. God help me to do what's right with these little ones. And then as they grow up, and even the teenagers there, it's not just him having games and fun. He's trying to get them to build a relationship with God. Their heart has got to get in this thing. Remember? Remember when you walked with God, how your attitude showed it? You look at some people and go, how do they do that? I get up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, shame on you. Get up on the other side of the bed. Every excuse that we can make on why we can't have a good attitude through the day. Mom, Dad, look at me. Look at me. Straighten those kids up. Quit letting them whine and cry every time they turn around. You're making every excuse. And now I have to do it with grown-ups. Well, they're tired. Oh, boy. Well, they're having a tough time. Oh, boy. Well, they didn't get paid on time. Oh, boy. Every excuse we can make on why, you know, it didn't, I, I know people in the Bible, and I know people in real life that went through great trials and had a great attitude. Do you know why? Their heart was right with God. Now, let me help you to see God again, number one. The first one's going to be the tough one. You're going to have to be honest. Think about it. When was the last time you really caught a glimpse? You, you know what I'm talking about. There was that time. I'll never forget. I was down Longview. And uh, I, I don't remember going through a tough We're always going through a tough time. I've probably gone through another cigarette. Who knows? And I remember sitting right there in the middle of that crowd. And my heart was just breaking. I know the Lord was challenging us to go home and do something for God that matters build that church, and it grabbed a hold of me, man. I mean, you know why? I wanted it to. If God will let me do it, I want to, and so I'm giving myself to God. I'm giving my heart, and I'm getting ready to have to have a conversation with God, and there were people everywhere. I'm looking for a place where I can be alone with God. 
And I walk out and everybody, hey, brother, I'm crying, I'm carrying snot swinging everywhere. I just wanted to go someplace. I walked outside, people everywhere, people everywhere, talking, shaking hands, laughing. I wanted to do some business with God. I looked around and way back there was a bus garage and on the back side of there, there was a big pile of wood. And I leaned back against there and I said, oh God, if you'll let me get back home, I promise you, I will not be the same. I want to do something for you that matters. I don't want to do all this and it doesn't matter. I want to do something that matters. Don't you remember when you got saved how you used to feel about that? You got to be honest about how long it's been since you had a real time with God in his presence. God has not moved. God didn't pull away from this earth. As long as we're still here and God's on the throne, there's still business to take care of. Here we are trying to do all the business without God. It's not going to work. You have to be honest about that. Does it not bother you? that you no longer really pray. Don't show up late for praying again. Listen to me carefully. Does it not bother you? How long has it been since you talked with God? How long? Stop thinking about that. I'm not talking about over cereal. I'm not talking about on your, you almost got in an accident, you prayed. You know what I'm talking about. Now let's go playing games. You know what I'm talking about. Does it not bother you? You no longer really pray? That you can go days and weeks without even reading the Bible at all? That you make more and more feeble excuses for not being at church services and church activities. When we're in the storefront, preacher, let's do this. Preacher, let's do that. Preacher, when are we going to do this? When are we going to be able to do it? Now we do, and I don't know if I want to be there. I'm kind of tired. I'm always tired. At my age, you're always tired. You say, preacher, you want to go outside? No, I'm going to go home, have bologna sandwich, I'm going to die. It's a long day on Sunday for me. But I love being here. I love preaching. I love being around. I stayed here all night long last night till 8 o'clock. I'm starting to read the Bible in double print. I walked down the hallway and I saw her sleeping. I thought, man, that's sweet. She's not on staff. She don't have to. You do. She doesn't have to. <laughs> when did we start making the feeble excuses? By the way, you're covering, don't, don't you kid me. We're starting to cover up a multitude of lies with, I'm not feeling well. As sick as some of you are, you ought to admit yourself into the hospital. You're sick about every Sunday night or every Thursday night, but it's amazing. All of a sudden, you get healed about, what, 5 to 8 o'clock on Monday morning. You're welcome. Somebody got it. At one time, you could not go without a week, without witnessing to somebody. You grab a handful of tracks. I remember when the weavers, he said he'd, go, he'd stop on truck stop and go in the bathrooms and put them underneath the doors, stick them behind there. You remember when you used to do stuff like that and people thought, oh, you're so silly. Yeah, but you loved it because your heart was in tune with God. Now our heart's not in tune with God. We don't even like serving God anymore. We do it because it's our job. Well, what do you want me to do? Will you be honest about your heart's condition in relationship with Christ? Number one, you're going to have to be honest. It's going to have to start right there. I can't answer this for you. I'm trying to answer it for myself. Number two, you must repent. Once you know you're not right with God, in tune with God, you have to change your mind about it. 
Quit defending yourself. Quit defending yourself. Just say, you're right, preacher, you got me. If somebody walked out behind that bus barn where I was leaning up against that pile of, 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 of uh, uh, wood out there that they had chopped up and said, Brother Bell, you all right? No, I'm not. I'm not all right. God's trying to talk to me, and I want him to. And when those two things come together, it's not just a, well, as church, I guess we have to go. I mean, we don't preach talking about us. When did that start? And when, hey, I'll be quiet now. Jacob confessed and repented and fixed what was wrong in his life. One night, one night, this happened. Everything got straightened out. Christian, the emptiness. You ever, you ever ask yourself anymore, why am I doing all this? Now, why, why do we stay here all these hours? Why do you drive clear from where you do? Why, why do we do this stuff? I mean, what's the big deal? Who cares whether we show up or not? You're missing the point altogether. When you're right with God, you're right with others. When you cast your burden on him, you can pick up his yoke. It's not a big deal. That's what God teaches in the Bible. The emptiness, the unsettled feeling, the restless nights, the tossing back and forth. You can point at anybody and everybody and blame it. It's us. We're the problem. Our relationship is not right with God, and we know it. And now we look at this place and go like this. Why do we do all this? Look at all the time we're wasting. And then you start doing it. Think if we'd have kept all of our tithe money. Boy, you're really slipping now. We could live in a better place. You have a place. Not comfortable feeling during preaching. When did that start happening? Sometimes I feel like like we're in a boxing match and, and you, you're not going to let me hit you. You're just not going to do it. No, no, no. You're not getting through to me, preacher. Everything's okay. No, it's not. Or you wouldn't be fighting with me. And you know I'm right about what I'm saying to you. You and I have come to church at a time thought inside of it. We'd never tell anybody. Why are we doing all this? I mean, what's the purpose? I come to church and have to watch over 15 kids in the nursery. What's that all about? Why do we do this? I'm taking my hard-earned money and giving it to a church. And some of the things they do, I'm not sure I even agree. Why do we do this? You've bound to have wondered at times. You didn't do that when you were a young Christian. But now you know all the ins and outs of Christianity and church function. One thing you forgot. Your heart. That's all God ever wanted. Just wanted your heart in this thing. Ladies, that's the problem you have with your family. You really don't want to be there with the kids and the husband and all the problems. That is the job God gave you. But see, that's all it is to you is a job. If your heart was in it, I watch Abigail. I said, son, Pastor, Sarah, what's she at? Huh? Oh, Spanish. She has five kids. That enough right there make you want to go to heaven like tonight. <laughs> Five kids. How many you have? Five? Wow. That's like ten kids between two people. You ever watch them with their kids? I like to watch Abigail. She's so patient with those boys. You know, I figured out how she did it though. Jordan, take the kids. Jordan, change the kids. Jordan, get your son. 
and he, and he does it. Oh, my goodness. Boy, do you have him trained. Amen, Jordan. But they don't act like it's a burden to them. They thank God all the time for their kids and each other, and they've gone through some hard times. They really, you have too. So what is the problem? The problem is the heart. And that's what Jacob finally figured out. Number three, get alone with God. I mean, tonight. Tonight. They made that challenge. I'll, I'll never forget it because it was a life-changing time for me. Brother Gray challenged everybody and said, you need to get along with God. And I mean today. I took him at his word. Trouble is, there's no place I could be alone. I had to go search for a place. I guess I could have made the excuse well, later. You know, when I get home, I don't have to go right now. Then why is God talking to you right now? Because right now is the ultimate, the, the, the ultimate time for you to hear from God. I almost ran out there. When I did, I looked around and I leaned up against it. And I mean, snot was running like crazy. I mean, the water fountain was on and I couldn't stop it. I really didn't even care. I had to get in tune with God again. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to sing without any feeling, without any heart. I'm singing about God. My mind's not even on him. I'm playing music for his people. And all I'm worried about is how I sound. There's got to be a place where there's no noise. Because your flesh wants every distraction. That's why I call it, hey, shut up, listen to me, be quiet. The reason I do that is because you have to be still. Be still. And let God talk to you. You've got to go someplace where there are no distractions and no people. In a house where there's five. You know what I do? I block them all out. Give them a crust of bread and some warm water and tell them, get out, Mom, getting ready to have prayer. If that's healthy for them. Is that healthy for them? White bread's almost dead. Is that the way it goes? The whiter the bread, the sooner you're dead. My wife preaches this stuff to me while I'm eating a bologna sandwich. Because you have to, and I've tried, I've tried Hawaiian bread, and I've tried um, uh, sourdough bread, and I've tried, what's that brown bread? Um, wheat bread. Man, give me some bleached out white bread. Can I have an amen? No, I can't. You, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I would preach, but I have no idea what you just said. How to see God again. Listen to me. You're going to have to be honest. Nobody can help you with that reason. Number two, I said you're going to have to repent once God pointed something out through his word or in your heart. You're going to have to change some things. Number three, I said get alone with God. And number four, wrestle with God until he blesses you. I'm not talking about, well, honey, I'll be praying for the next two minutes. Excuse me? I don't even think you can, I, I think heaven, I don't even think it enters into heaven that quick. You know why? It's not heaven's problem. It's your problem. It's my problem. Five minutes of prayer, that's not going to do it. You don't just lump everything together because you have to hurry and go to work. 
I'm telling you right now, don't kid me. Don't kid me. You talk to me about when you get up in the morning, how early you get up, and what you have to do for that. You're not getting up spending time with God. And as the day goes on, things get worse all the time, and you know that. So then you come here and you stand up for Bible reading, you stand up for prayer. Now, either somebody's fibbing, or I'm way off base right here. You think I don't catch on with why you have a short temper and you can't hardly, you get so fed up with everybody, you don't have near what I've got to hang on to. I asked the other day in staff, I said, you ever wonder why I'm such a good mood in the morning? I finally left the house. No. Uh, oh, that hurt, didn't it? Oh, man. Huh? Yeah, I'll hear about that later. I give you my heart. Um, People, people recognize when your attitude is the way it should be. Don't fool yourself. And for us adults, I don't think we ought to make excuses for kids, but they make no excuse for adults. They just don't. Why would you want them to? But the Bible says, be still. Calm down. Quiet. Shh. You know what you need to do? Quit working your way through life like it all depends upon you. And it does. And God said, give me your heart. We'll do this thing together. The Bible said, I waited patiently upon God and he heard me. God wants to pin you down. You know that, right? Like he did Jacob. He's in a wrestling match with Jacob. He's trying to pin him. Jacob was fighting for all of his worth. I'm not doing that. You're not going to handle me that way. You can't tell me what to do. And he just kept wrestling, and Jacob kept fighting back. And finally, the angel hit him in the thigh and said, I'm going to cripple you. Is that what you're waiting on? Look how God is blessing our lives. But I'm telling you, we're being attacked right now. See, you, you look at yourself and yourself and, and, and what's going on with you and your world. I hear it here, 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 and here. We're being attacked on a lot of different levels. And if you think your fleshly pushing and determination is going to get you through it, this is a spiritual battle. You're going to have to fight it spiritually. And the best thing you can do is make sure that you and God, your heart, are tied together. And you need to meet with the Lord. I mean what you need to do. You know, most of the time to get alone with God takes time. Most of the time, it takes time. We keep looking for an easier Bible to read, easier prayer to give, and easier work to do. Ever dawn on you, God never wanted that at all? You know, I have a, I have a theory, for whatever it's worth. God had the Bible written in English the way it is so that you wouldn't get it right away. Why would he do that? So you spend time with him. You know what prayer's all about? I've been teaching you about this. Prayer's not about you getting answers only. God said, won't you come and talk to me? Please talk to me. Let me talk to you. And then let's all get together and have a good time in church and learn things about me. It's all about God. Not about how fast you can eat your jelly donut, drink your coffee, and use your stirring wheel. Because i got to hurry and get to work. You're not spending time with God. By the way, that goes for here too. We can get so busy, your eyes start crossing before half the days will go away. What you need to do is think. Ponder 
The Bible said, ponder the path of my feet. You know what that means? Deep thinking about what's going on. Confess, cry, and talk. I'm trying to behave myself. Bless me and bless the body of me. Can you remember when you were younger? Can you remember back that far? I do. Been over 50 some years. I've been over 50 years. I remember. I remember when I met the Lord. I was tender as hell. Yeah, but I've matured. No, you've gotten cold hearted. Your heart doesn't have to get hard just because you got older in the Lord, because you went through some battles. You allowed that to happen. And you know who loses out on that? God. God loses out on all that. Our church is in trouble. You need to beg God. You need to plead with him. God, please bless me again. Lest I die. I don't want to go on this way. Are you that desperate? Show me your face again. Let me live in thy presence again. I want to walk with you. Do you miss that at all? All the things I just, do you miss that at all? Are we so busy we haven't even thought about those kinds of things? Can I help you? Don't give up. That's never the answer. Changing geographically is never the answer for your problem. You're taking you with you. For a moment, you may forget it because, oh, look at the green tree. We don't see those in Columbus. You may think about that. But you're taking you with you. If you're going to walk with God, you've got to get your heart in gear. How serious are you to see God's face again? I'm preaching about this tonight, and I wonder, what are you thinking about? How much do you miss? Look up here. How much do you miss God's not using you? Doesn't matter. I'm doing okay. It's not what I asked you. I'm not doing anything wrong. I didn't ask you that either. Most of us are where we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to be doing. What we're missing is the heart. How much do you miss knowing that God's not using you? How much does it bother you that it no longer bothers you? Everything I'm preaching on right now, does it bother you at all? Inside, is there not something stirring the Holy Ghost of God going, we need to go meet with God. Come on, let's go. It's the right thing to do. Come on. It doesn't even bother us. That doesn't bother us anymore. That you've been going through the motions without your heart. It happens. It happens to preachers all the time. Mom, do you remember when you prayed for those kids? Oh, God, please, would you just give me? And now you're not even turning towards God. You almost actually hate that you had them in this fact. They won't listen to me. I can't train them. I no longer have any freedom. Ma'am, you should have thought about that before you had kids. You have a church to get involved in, and you're not involved. You have a place to worship God in, and yet you sit there like a bump on a log. You have an altar to come to, to pray as a unit, as a body, to set an example for these kids and other people. But no, 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 you have your own standard. You listen to me. You are supposed to be united with this church, and if you don't like what's going on, you really ought to go someplace else. You can't go in different directions and have unity. can't happen. Doesn't it frighten you the dangerous ground so many of us are in? You know what I'm talking about. 
there are some in this room, you are playing games with things you have no right playing games with. I'll just look at everybody for a second. You're getting close to fire without getting burnt, and you know it. Quit shaking your head yes. It's like saying amen when you're really not going anywhere. We make excuses. We lie. Well, preacher, you never say. And and you you never let me know anything. Thank you very much. Don't worry about me. I'll figure it out sooner or later. In a month, you'll go like this. I didn't think you missed me. You missed so much, I didn't know where you were anymore. Don't, don't. Doesn't it frighten you? Stop and think about that. The things you think about and what goes on in your head, that never used to be there. What's going on? Alone. No heavenly power. This is is Jacob. He's all alone. No heavenly power. No prayer life. No influence. The enemy of God's people is on your trail. He is seeking whom he may devour. You act like it's no big deal. We all know what will happen if you get wounded or hurt. And that will be the least that will hurt you. Everybody else that's included will be hurt and or destroyed. thinking along with me right now this minute. You need to find an alone place. You may want to start here and just say, okay, God, if you'll, if you'll give me, I'll, I remember that, that after, it was in the afternoon, it was in the daytime. And you only know God talks to you in the night services. It was in the daytime. And uh, I actually told the Lord, if you'll let me get out of here, if you'll let me live, long enough to find a place I will get thoroughly right with you I promise you I will I couldn't find a place guess I could have quit well there's really no place to go tonight you need to find yourself an alone place some need to confess sins it's destroying you tell God what's going on Get alone with God because your heart's in the right place. God, it's been a while. I'm sorry. I don't want to go on serving this way. What an opportunity we have here tonight, folks. You want to get busy? How busy do you want to get? But you want to know what will make the difference? Whether you do one job or volunteer, whether you babysit kids over in one of our nurseries, whether you get put up there in the penalty box. Jordan had had other people do too. Just tremendous attitude. I'm not sure she ever quit smiling. You ever quit smiling? If I had teeth like that, I'd be smiling all the time. 
I don't know what it is about people from other countries have white teeth and ours are fake or belong to somebody else. They're yellow. I, I don't get it. Honestly, I've asked people, let's see, you're from a third world country. You don't hardly have enough teeth. Where did you get those big white teeth at? I don't get it. Can somebody explain that to me? Look, you're from Haiti, right? Smile. Yeah, look at that. That's terrible. It's not right. It's not fair. There's a lot of things in life that aren't fair. But when you're walking with God and your heart are in tune with Him, it really doesn't matter. It's going to be okay. I'm not sick of Haiti. I don't want to continue on in a rut, doing things because I'm supposed to, being an example because people are watching me. If I'm tuned with God and walking with Him, it won't matter who's watching me. Don't you understand that? The problem is the heart. 